What is going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Brenda Breland on. I met her at the NAC competition that we had a few weeks back, and I really just appreciated her whole optimistic outlook on everything. She was just happy to be there. She was just smiling from ear to ear the whole time, and she just was happy to be in the keto space. She brought a lot of energy there, and I appreciate that. So I wanted to get her on the podcast, share her story. We dove deep into... Uh, her struggle with postpartum depression and how the ketogenic diet helped her get through that. We also talked about uh, nutrient quality. She's a big hunter, so we talked about hunting. We talked about a lot of things. So really enjoy this podcast with Brenda. Hope you do as well. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And we're live. How are you, Brenda? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I think the first time we met was at NACA, right? Or did I meet you at KetoCon in, in a prior year? Nope, NACA. I have not been able to make it to KetoCon yet, but I am going this next year, so I'm excited about that. Good, good. You definitely need to make it out there, but, but NACA was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed that as well. Oh, gosh. It was it was amazing, and that was kind of like the first time I had really kind of got to meet, um, you know, a lot of the people that I had followed for so long off of Instagram and it was just kind of like a surreal kind of moment for me to kind of be able to meet so many people and just listening to so many amazing people talk about you know their view on the ketogenic lifestyle and how they go about it it's like I just left there like on fire I was I was so pumped when I left there and it was such a cool experience it was it was I must say though you were on the panel and you didn't talk that much, so we're going to have to get you to talk a little bit more on the podcast here. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I was a little nervous, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing up here? And I, I, like I said, I left, and I was just, like, on fire. I was like, I, you know, when you're around so many amazing people in the ketogenic space, like, you can't help but leave there and just, like, feel all of that. And, you know, it was it was such a cool, cool time for me. And, yeah, like you said, being up there was amazing. And I didn't really get to talk to anyone a whole lot. I was I was too busy listening to all the things and kind of just soaking in everything. So I'm excited to get to chat. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll dive into a little bit of your backstory. Like what, what got you into this space in the first place? Yeah, so um, really uh, like a struggle with um, anxiety and postpartum depression is kind of what started me even looking into this lifestyle. Uh, I was six months postpartum with my son and I had been a college athlete. I'd been a high school athlete. And I kind of got to a point to where I realized like, you know, like forever I had felt so in control. I had felt so confident. Um, and then I just got to a place where I was like, I literally realized I have no control. Like I have no confidence. I don't know what the hell I'm doing like with my life. Like I just was at a really weird place. And, um, I had been fighting anxiety for years and been told to take medication and all this. And finally I started digging into something that I could do for myself. And I immediately, it immediately led me to the ketogenic lifestyle. Um, so I really just started kind of digging into it and learning it. I got into exogenous ketones and, and from there, you know, it's been, you know, I've been doing it for almost three years and, um, it's been, a a trial and error for me. Like I failed so many times. I, I did it wrong for a long time. Um, but I'm finally, you know, I'm finally to a place where I feel confident in in just what I'm doing, um, and how my body and my mind are functioning. Like it is just totally, you know, like been able to transform and help me, 
you know, not just with my physical, even more for me for mental. Um, I don't have to deal with anxiety. I don't have to deal with the panic attacks. Like the postpartum depression eventually worked its way itself out. Um, but I think a lot of those things people don't realize actually, um, you know, are things that the ketogenic lifestyle can help with. And I think there are a lot of times there are things that people don't want to talk about. Um, so that's, you know, that's why I really like sharing my stories because, you know, that's really where it all started for me. Well, we'll dive into that in detail then. Like I'm, I, I know what postpartum depression is, but I don't really have yeah. that much insight in it being a, a man. So like, give me some, just, just dive deep, deep into that, like shed some light onto that topic specifically yeah. for the men listening to this that, that would want to relate a little bit more with their, their wives and partners and, and just kind of bring some insight into that and how the diet helped with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it, to be honest with you, it's something that I still kind of struggle with talking about. And it's something that I, it's one of those things where, where, um, it's, I'm kind of coming to terms with realizing that I kind of have to talk about it and I, and I need to, because I know other people are struggling with it. Um, so after I had my son, um, you know, when I had my daughter, it was like, it was like everything that you, you hear about. It was amazing. Like I felt directly connected to her. Uh, you know, it, it was just like that love at first sight thing. Um, and then I had my son and it was really weird and it's still hard for me to describe, but it's not like I didn't, I just, all those emotional feelings never, never came. Like they weren't just, they just weren't there for me. Um, you know, and it, it, that lasted for like a week or two until I went into my first appointment with my OB and I was like, you know, I was like, I'm telling her these things and I couldn't really describe them. And she's like, you have postpartum depression. Like, and at that point I didn't realize how serious it is because it can be very, very serious for people. And that's why I want to make sure that, um, you know, I talk about it because this can be, you know, detrimental to someone's life if they don't seek help whenever they need it. Um, but for me, I was able to talk to my, um, OB about it and kind of, um, you know, take steps mentally without having to take medication, um, based on her evaluation of me. Um, so some people do definitely need medication for it, but at that point I didn't. Um, so it was like, you know, days would go by and I would be in moments where it was like, this is a really happy moment with my family, with my husband. And like, I literally just couldn't feel it. Like there was, it, it was just very emotionless. I had a hard time connecting with anyone or anything. I, my mind would go to really weird places. Like I just felt super negative all the time. Um, and then I kind of dug into, you know, the cognitive function of it and why, and even how it's associated with anxiety and depression. Um, and you know, how the ketogenic lifestyle can help with that. Um, you know, obviously the high fat and helping, um, you know, repair those cognitive functions that you're actually losing whenever you experience something like this. Um, so I kind of gradually kind of jumped into it. Uh, and over like a two month span of eating, um, I will say a high a standard ketogenic diet, high fat, moderate protein, low carb. Um, and even at that point, I was eating not the right fats, right? I was going off of uh, things I saw on Pinterest and I didn't really know what I was doing, mm -hmm. but I was progressing like, and I was seeing that change. Um, and then once I really figured out what fats I should be eating and I learned and I asked for help, um, it all changed. Like I, I could, uh, there was light at the end of the tunnel. I could feel, um, I was starting to like actually be able to be in conversations and not like, not have to like be thinking like, Oh my gosh, like what, what's going on? Like, this is exciting. Like, I don't feel exciting. Like it just started happening again. And, 
I, you know, like I loved my son, like there's no doubt, but that, that feeling wasn't there and that connection and it, it came back and it, it was just, it was a really weird time for me. And it's still honestly really weird for me to talk about. Um, and I'm still realizing some of the things that I experienced and I'm like, okay, like I'm still attributing it to that now that I'm really learning about it and learning. And now that I'm at a good, good spot mentally and physically. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, and I just hope that, you know, with sharing something like this, that other people can realize that feeling this way or, or, you know, feeling if there's any type of feeling like that, or, uh, where you just don't feel yourself, especially when you're postpartum, talk to someone, get help, ask, ask, you know, ask your doctor, ask a friend, um, because it's, it's not normal. Um, and I think a lot of people are afraid to do, to talk about something, especially mentally, that's not normal because they associate that with, you know, negative context or, and it's just not. So, um, that's why I'm so, like I said, that's why I'm so passionate about sharing that part of it. And I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to share it. But as of right now, it's just kind of sharing how I felt during that time. Was it like a, like from a biological standpoint, is it mostly just hormonal imbalances that cause these emotions? Or it is. That's what, that's what it probably yeah, is. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's basically cause your body's so out of whack. Um, you know, you have all these hormones and then, and then you, you have the baby and everything's still, um, trying, your body's basically still trying to figure out what's going on. So it's a very extreme hormone imbalance that affects cognitive function is basically what happens. What was there like a specific instance that you can remember where you, you knew that something just wasn't right? It was, it was honestly that day, that day right after I gave, I gave birth to my son, I was sitting in the hospital room and my husband, I think he had went to go get something to eat or something. And I was like sitting there holding him and I was like, this, this just feels different. And, and I, again, I know it's hard to explain, but it like when I had my daughter, it was like, just I could feel everything. I could feel my emotion. I could feel my love. I could feel, feel my passion. Like during that moment, I could not feel anything. Like I was just, I felt like I was sitting in a room, like there was no sound around me, kind of like what you see in the movies. And I'm like staring, you know, staring at this baby that's mine and I'm feeling nothing. And I'm wondering like, what the hell is going on? Um, and I, I never told, like I told you, I, I never told any about anyone about it. I literally just talked to my husband about it this like less than two months ago. Um, so it's, it's still, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's still really weird, um, for me to even talk about it because it was such an, it's, it's just a weird, it's weird to tell someone that, that you didn't have these feelings for your baby, right? Like no one wants to say that, but it's not that I didn't have a connection with him. It's not that I didn't love him. It's not that any of that, it's just that I physically, my hormones and, and everything just were physically not allowing me to feel that at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, like a lot of the things that we don't share because we are, you know, we we're self-conscious of it or we feel like it, it can be viewed as a weakness or just like this negative. Um, but like other people are going through the same things. Like when I started opening up about having eating disorders in the past, you know, that was for one therapeutic to me, like it helped me heal and overcome that. But then two, I had several people reach out afterwards and say, Hey, look, based off of what you said in that podcast, it really got me thinking. And you know, I, I know I need to change. This is how I'm going to go about it. Things are much better now. But like simply sharing your story, people people you would never expect can relate with that. 
in ways that you can never expect. And that has such a positive impact overall. It does. It does. And, and there's part of the healing process that I'm realizing that whenever you do talk about it, it's, it, it, that's a huge part of that process for yourself. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of something that I'm realizing as well. So, you know, just like you said, with you sharing, it's helping other people, but I feel like, you know, and sharing, it's also helping yourself really, um, take note and realize what was going on as well as, you know, heal. Absolutely. What about the, uh, like, so after, after that, how'd you stumble upon keto as a, as a possible solution to that? Like what article, what, what do you see? Yeah. Like what led that, what led you that direction? So, um, year, like I want to say five years ago or six years ago, my sister actually did the ketogenic diet and lost over a hundred pounds. Um, so she did it. And I, to be honest with you at that point, I was so closed minded. I didn't even give her the time of day whenever she was trying to tell me about it. Like I'll be straight up honest. I was, I was not nice to her about it. I was like, I just like, there's no way that's not sustainable. You can't do that. So, you know, she, you know, I had remembered her telling me about it. Um, so I just started looking it up. Um, Ryan Lowry, um, through some products that I had used, I had met him, um, and really started digging into the things that he was sharing, um, the studies he was sharing, the, you know, um, the, the things they were doing with athletes and all of this. And I was, and I'm, I'm really into like the athletic side of things too. So, so those two worlds kind of collided with me there and I just started digging into it. Um, you know, all the different, um, uh, studies, like as far as like anything he would share, I was digging into, I was searching people online to see who was doing this and how it was working. Um, I was just, I was really just trying to educate myself as much as I could. Um, like I said, at that point I was, I, I would just jumped in and started doing it. And then as I started learning and digging more into more, more into the research and, the correct way I am my correct way to do it for my body. Uh, I, I just, I just continued kind of continued to evolve, um, my philosophy and my point of view on the lifestyle as I went, but that, that really, you know, my sister was the biggest thing that kind of introduced it to me. And that was years ago. And at that point I probably, <laughs> I, I still apologize to her. I'm like, look, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I'm going to have to eat, eat all of my words, but now she, she, uh, her and I do it together and, and it, it's, it's been awesome. But that was really my first, uh, experience with the ketogenic lifestyle was with her. Nice. Nice. What, what were you doing wrong in the beginning? Like you said, you were doing all the mistakes, uh, at the onset. What, what were some of those mistakes and what did you change? Yes. So I was, um, and again, I feel like, you know, I personally believe, um, that, that you can make the ketogenic lifestyle fit you. I don't think there's a wrong way of doing anything as long as it fits you and it's sustainable and you're healthy. Right. But for me, I, I was following a lot of the um, things I saw on Pinterest. I was making meals that were, I like now looking back at it, I, they were, I, they were mostly dairy and processed dairy at that. Um, you know, so I was eating a lot of those meals um, and a lot of meals that had like the ingredients list that that were 10 pages long with, you know, the, the half the ingredients that you couldn't eat. And now that I know how, you know, some most majority of them raise your glucose levels and cause insulin spikes and all of these things. Um, so really, until I realized what um, how simple the ketogenic lifestyle can be, um, 
and that it doesn't have to involve like all of these recipes with with endless you know spending hours in the kitchen making one meal or endless uh, pantry full of you know different types of sweeteners and different types of thickening agents and all of these things um that until i got to that point i feel like i was doing it wrong for me um now that i've made it simple um, i've understood how simple it can be and really um how easy it is when you're using good ingredients and those types of things um, that you don't need all of that stuff. Um, I've found, you know, that, that this is just, this is my lifestyle, right? Like this is easy. This is what I do on a daily basis. There's, there's nothing to it. Um, but up until that point, that's where I felt I was going wrong for me was, was really um, following all these things I was finding that was just full of, um, you know, ingredients that really wasn't helping me reach my goals. So what does like a typical day of eating look like for you now? So, so now I am, I'm majority, I would, okay. So I like to say I'm always keto, but I'm majority carnivore now. Um, so like at lunch, I normally have, um, you know, seven ounces of hamburger, uh, with, with two eggs, uh, and, um, some grass fed butter dinners are typically, it depends on what kind of meat we have for the family. Um, but normally like, you know, for the family, I'll make, say the family's having spaghetti, I'll have, um, some hamburger meat with, um, my organic pasta sauce, like a couple tablespoons of it, or, um, we'll have, I'll have just chicken with some sausage. Uh, last night we had uh, sausage and shrimp. So majority of, of all of my meals now are, um, basically carnivore. Um, and that kind of, like I said, that kind of was just a transition that I fell into because I, I, I enjoy the simplicity of it and I enjoy how I feel. So that's kind of what a typical day looks like for me. It's funny. I feel like there's, there's this massive upswing in people that are keto that are, that would define themselves as majority carnivore, like not necessarily hardcore carnivore. I mean, I, I, I would define myself as, you know, carnivore carnivore-esque I guess is a good way to put it because I'm pretty much carnivore but I'll have stuff like the 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 keto bricks obviously and then every once in a blue moon I'll have you know some some sauteed vegetables or maybe even a salad but I don't like I'm not strict carnivore in the sense that I don't eat nothing but meat at all times because I like a little variety from every once in a while but I I feel much better when the vast majority like 90% of my intake is just animal-based yeah absolutely and I yeah, there, I mean, there's no question of that. And once you once you feel once you feel that and you see the difference whenever you're eating it, it's just so easy to go that way. But I, I'm the same way. Like at lunch, like this week, I think I had some chicken, but I threw like an ounce of cucumbers and some pepperoncinis in there. But then there, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm the same way. Like every once in a while, I throw some some things in or salads. Or, you know, if I'm needing something quick on the go. Um, but yeah, it's it's and of course I'm you know Danny Vegas taught me a lot about that and you know he the stuff he puts out and and the things he does it just really made me realize that I could you know I could go even simpler with what I was doing that it didn't have to include all of these things and and I feel good feel good doing that so I I love it (laughs) I think a lot of it is simply that you know the longer people are following a keto diet and the deeper they get into that adaptation the less they crave all the other things. So it's kind of just like a natural progression. Like you you go keto. When you first go keto, you you try to incorporate all these comfort foods that you had when you were eating carbs. Like you get the keto cookies, you get like the keto cheesecakes, you have all that stuff. And 
you don't know you're not eating carbs so it's like natural to fill that with vegetables because it's some type of variety but then the more deeply adapted you get the more you recognize you don't have those cravings you feel better without them and you just get more and more meat-based yeah absolutely absolutely it's and you and i'm sure you guys are the same way it's really even now like when i have things that are like keto sweets like it's like a couple bites and like i'm like okay i'm done like it i just don't crave that stuff and like i it almost it's your palate totally changes. I think your palate changes and your satiety changes. All of these things change. And, and, um, and it's, it's crazy that you can literally just change the things that you're putting on your plate every day and all aspects of, of your day, as far as when you eat, what time you eat, how your body feels, how your cognitive functions are, they all can change with something so simple. hundred percent. I mean, the, the palate change alone is so drastic from what it was like, you know, before when I was eating a bunch of carbs. Like, I eat 100% dark chocolate now. Anything that's less than that is way too sweet for me. 100% dark chocolate when yeah. I was eating carbs would have been like the most disgusting thing on the planet. <laughs> I know. I always uh, I always talk about, like, I used to be the girl that would go to Starbucks and get a caramel macchiato with extra caramel drizzle. Like, no joke. Now I drink straight Americanos or nitro cold brew. Like I could have never, ever done that. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have like, it's just crazy. It's crazy to think about. Well, what, what's it like in the house? Because you have uh, two kids. What, what are their names? How old are they? So Hadley is uh, five and my son Raven is getting ready to turn three. And they're um, not keto. I so they... They are not, they're not. And my husband's not keto either. And that's probably one of the biggest questions that I get asked is, you know, how do you do this and been doing it for so long with your family, um, not being keto. And, um, I think the biggest thing for me is just, again, not overthinking it. Um, you know, I still cook regular for my family. Um, like, like I said before, if they're having spaghetti, I just don't have the pasta. I just have the, the, um, meat with, if I want to have a little bit of, um, the organic pasta sauce on it, then I do that. If not, I just have the meat, you know, and there's, there's so many ways to adapt, um, the way foods are, are, um, prepared and things like that, that I don't think that that has to be something, um, that holds people back from even trying this lifestyle. You know, a lot of people look at it and be like, there's no way I could do that. My husband's not going to eat that way. My kids aren't going to eat that way. Um, and I, you know, I always encourage people, if you're thinking that way, just try it. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, you're not, you don't have to go buy new ingredients. Just try eating keto with the foods that you already prepare. Like, look at what you're eating and just take out the things that you don't need and eat those. Um, again, I think it, it comes back to a lot of people's mindset to where they think they have to have a meat, a veggie and a carb at every meal. And, and it, you obviously, you know, without digging real deep into that, you don't have to. Um, but, but I just kind of, you know, again, I just kind of transitioned myself through that process. And obviously my husband's really supportive of it. He, even when he cooks, he always sets my food aside in a little container for me. He did it for me last night. Like they had meat with rice and it was all mixed in. He had my little container off to the side for me. Um, so, you know, as long as I think this process and leaving, living this type of lifestyle is super easy. Um, whenever you know it's what you want to do and you just express that to the people around you. Like I told my husband, I was like, look, like this is what I want to do. And he supported it. Um, my kids, it's funny because my daughter is still, she's like, is that keto mommy? Or like, 
and she'll pick something up and she's like, mom, I'm not going to drink this because this has a lot of sugar in it. (laughs) And so, you know, although like I'm not forcing them to eat a certain way, I'm still talking to them about it and I, I'm going to continue to talk about it and I'm going to hope that they make that decision for themselves later on. Um, but you know, they're kids and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just doing what I can to help make the best decisions for them. Um, you know, and trying to teach them, you know, as much as you can, a five-year-old and a three-year-old as I go. Um, but what was fun, it, we, you know, we talked about the NACA competition. My husband came to that and he literally left there and he's like, I learned so much about what you're doing. And it was, it was so cool for him to see that and learn because now he's, he understands even more and he's, he's even more, you know, behind me than he was before we went. So, um, our, you know, our life's super hectic. Like he's a baseball coach. He's gone all like a lot. Um, and you know, that's, that's one of the things that I always try to tell people and my followers is that you can have a crazy lifestyle. You can be a mom, you can work out, you can, you can meal plan, you can do all of these things. Like no one, you're like there, no one is any different than anyone. Like you're different, but you, everyone else has the same ability. Like they can do it. And I don't want them to think just because they have a family or their husband travels or they work full time that they can't do something that they want to do. Um, because they can, uh, so, but yeah, that's, that's our day. Our days are pretty crazy and I don't meal plan all the time. Sometimes it's on the fly, but I always just make it work for work for me and work for my family. Do you feel, I mean, do you keep it pretty strict keto or do you have days where like, you know, special family events or something where you'll just totally, you know, go off, off track, eat a bunch of carbs? Oh, so what I do is, yes, I'm not perfect all the time. I'm no, I'm not perfect. Um, what I do is I try to plan. So normally, and it's normally like holidays or events. So like, for example, if I'm going into Thanksgiving and my mother-in-law made a pie that I want to have a piece of, normally I plan that. Like, I'm like, I know ahead of time before I go in, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to want to have a piece of this pie. I'm going to have one slice and that's it. And I'm going to call it good. I find that um, if I plan ahead of time and I already know what I'm going to do, I don't have any issues sticking to that. Um, But that's what works for me. I don't think, I don't think going off track and doing those things works for everyone. Um, But yes, I I do have treat meals. um, Not that often anymore. Normally, like I said, it's holidays or um, at special events or things like that, which or not, not very often for me, but that's how I normally combat things like that is if I know, um, going into them or even like alcohol, for example, like if I know I'm going to go out with the girls, I'll have, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have one drink or two drinks and I'm going to have vodka soda and that's it. And I'm going to be done. Um, and that's just because, you know, I like, I like to stay on my normal routine. And if I plan ahead of time, I, I know that in my mindset, I'm going to be done and I'm going to call it good and I'm going to be happy with it. Um, so that's kind of how I handle those types of situations. I don't have kids, but I've got a question for you that would, would be applicable since you do have kids. I, I need to know the answer here yeah. because a lot of, a lot of people, I feel like they use their kids as a scapegoat to allow them to eat things that they know they shouldn't. Uh, and by that, I mean like the, they, they, they make it sound like the kids are just going to be broken hearted if they don't partake in all these carby foods with the kids. And I, I feel, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like at the end of the day, the kid's probably not going to care really that much what food you're eating. 
I mean, is that right or wrong? No, <laughs> I, I a hundred percent agree. Like I, I am not, yeah, I'm not one to really believe in that type of, of statements for, for me. Um, just because I, I almost like pride myself on more of showing my kids that I'm committed to, to doing something and that this is a lifestyle. And it's for me, that's just the way I look at it. Um, I've never, my, I don't even know if, I, I mean, I, we go to ice cream and go get ice cream and the kids have ice cream and I don't have anything. They're never, they've never once said that I, they're disappointed in me or they didn't enjoy the ice cream cause I didn't eat it. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just don't, yeah, I don't really see that. Like my kids, you know, they, I, I mean, I'll be completely honest. My kids eat McDonald's. Like I don't ever get anything at McDonald's and they don't ever, they're never like, Hadley will be like, are you going to eat mommy? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to get something to eat at home. And she's like, oh, okay. Like they're, they're never been that way. And I don't really personally think that, that, um, kids are accustomed to doing that, I guess is the way to put it. And I don't, I don't want to sound bad at like when I say that, but I don't think I don't think kids are ever going to be disappointed because you're not eating something. I think it's more in the actions and the moments, right? Like it's more in the time you spend with them, the activities you do with them, the things you do with them than, than it is the, the eating side of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like a lot of people eat a certain way because they feel pressured by, you know, like their, their spouse or some, some random person. I mean, it's weird. Like people, put way too much they empower other people about what their own what their own you know food intake is it's, it's a weird concept i don't get it like i eat what i want because i want to that's that's just the way it is i don't feel like you should empower anybody to have a hold over how you get your nutrition and that includes your kids you know like eat what you eat because you know it to be what's right for you i mean the food you eat should be like a selfish thing in that regard like nobody should be able to tell you what you can or cannot eat and your kids shouldn't shouldn't have power over your food no no absolutely i mean i mean if you think about it no one else has to look in the mirror right like you're the only person looks in the mirror you're the person that has to pull up your pants and if you're not and you're not happy with how they fit you're gonna blame that on someone else because they told you to that they wanted you to eat something like that's just not the way it works right so like, I think it all comes back, it all comes back to self-commitment and being committed to yourself and not allowing any of those external factors to play a part in your decision-making because ultimately your goal, your lifestyle, all of that comes back to you. Like you can never point that finger at anyone else. Totally agree. Totally agree. So what, what are some like specific tangible things that, that you do that somebody listening to this that has kids husband that's not keto wife that's not keto like what are some specific things that you do that just makes it much more sustainable i'm assuming probably just simply separating out the foods that aren't car or that aren't uh you know meats and whatnot but then like meal prepping do you ever like meal prepping i do i do when i i can so i i i try to do it every week i'm not the best at it i'll be honest like this week i got it done the week before last i did Um, but so what I do is again, I prep when I can, if I don't prep, I, I go to Walmart, to be honest with you, I go somewhere like we have a Jennings meat here, which is local meat. And I buy some of their meat that they already have that's thawed or pre-cooked and like rotisserie chickens, or they have ribs or they have those types of things. And I will just portion those out and I have those ready for myself. Um, as far as like when you're having kids, I think a lot of it goes back to mindless eating, especially when you have kids, because you grab them goldfish and you, you know, you're handing it to them and you're like, Oh, I'll just take a couple of those. 
um, you know, or, or things like that. So I totally separate those things. My kids have like a little bin that has all their stuff in it. Um, so I just really, I really focus on making, um, my lifestyle just as convenient for me as my kids stuff is for them. Right. So like if all of my, my, um, food and my snacks and all of these things are super convenient for me, then, then I, I never am put in any situation to where I feel like, um, or I, I'm never put in a situation to where I'm going to make a bad decision. Um, so I, I try to always think ahead and the same goes for, you know, like I just talked about when I'm, when I know there's an activity or something going up, I try to always just think ahead because for me, like I just mentally have to be in the space where I know, like I'm setting myself up for success. Um, so with kids, I think the biggest thing is, is, is preparing, um, having those, those things that, you know, that, that are good, readily available, throw, keeping things in your car and your, and your purse, because you're on the go a lot. You're, you're going random places all the time. You never know what's going to, where you're going to be, or if you're gonna have to go somewhere last minute. Um, and then, um, just really making sure that, that your family knows, like being honest with your family and saying, look, this is my goals. This is why I'm doing this. Um, and explaining to your kids why you're doing it, like, let them ask you questions, let them, let them do all of these things that are going to, going to, you know, help them understand why this is important to you. Totally. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a trial and error. Like I'm not perfect at it, but, um, I just, I'm committed, committed to the lifestyle and I just do what I can to make it work for me on a day-to-day basis. What's your parenting philosophy towards like pushing or promoting that uh to your kids like are you planning on having them implement a more ketogenic approach in the future or are you just trying to let them be kids right now and not worry about it like what's your thoughts toward that so i just want to um right now i'm focusing on just really giving them the knowledge my five-year-old um she asks questions she knows why i don't eat things she makes comments about sugar she knows this Um, so I'm just hoping as she gets older that she'll see the value in it that I've created for her. Um, I don't ever, like, I don't ever want to push something on them. I want them to be able to make that decision for themselves. Just like I did, like I'm making this decision for me. My husband's not making that decision and that's fine. Like that's completely fine. Um, so I, you know, maybe if they were born and our family was already doing that, I would obviously that would just be our lifestyle. But that wasn't the way it happened for us. Um, so, you know, I'm going to continue to eat the things I eat. Obviously, when my husband's gone, I I cook keto. So they eat that way and they don't even notice it. They don't care. Um, but I don't take things away from them because they're not keto. They still eat goldfish. They still <laughs> they still eat fast food. Um, so I just I hope that with um, my lifestyle that they are to they're able to gain that value and, and the understanding of it and the benefits of it and make that decision for themselves as they get older. Yeah, I definitely feel like, like anytime I've asked this question on podcast to, to parents that, you know, follow keto and their kids do or don't follow keto, like simply, I mean, the, the overall consensus is it has to come from within the kid's own desires in some form or fashion as opposed mm-hmm. to being this forced thing because if that's the case, then like most things in life, it's just totally going to uh, derail from their intentions. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about um, nutrient quality in in meats. You are an, a hunter as well, and I feel I like am. that is a pretty complimentary uh, action 
alongside eating a pretty carnivorous based nutritional protocol. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I am like I like I talked about before, I'm still really learning um, the whole carnivore side of it. But I have definitely we have definitely switched as to how we view our meat. Like I growing up, I used to like this is legit what I said to my mom, I would say I want my stuff plugged in process. Like I didn't want it off the farm. I didn't want it out of the woods. I wanted it to come from the store. And now I am realizing that that is the complete opposite, right? Like I now, like, I'm like, okay, like I, I'm pumped to, I've always loved Turkey, right? So like, I'm pumped to get a Turkey. I'm pumped to have that meat, that nutrient dense meat that doesn't have all of these things in it that obviously we're trying to avoid now from processing. And the same goes for, for deer hunting. Um, and my value also that I have in organ meats. Cause I, I would have, I never even thought that that would come out of my mouth to be honest with you. That's just the type of person I am. Um, so just really going through this lifestyle and f- figuring out, um, and really just ed- educating myself on, on what, where our foods are coming from, how they're processed, what actually type of, what actual nutrition we're actually getting out of them, um, has really allowed me to value the process of, of hunting even more. Um, you know, I've always been a hunter. I've only, I've only killed one deer my whole life. I shot her with my, I shot a doe with my bow like six years ago. Um, but even more now, it's so fun to be able to go out and, and know that what I'm doing is contributing to my lifestyle. Um, and, um, just overall contributing to, um, what I feel is right and my passion. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, hunting that we could totally go off on a tangent on hunting because I'm a I'm a big avid hunter. Yeah. I've, I've grown up hunting, but if you eat a lot of meat, I feel like you owe it to the planet to know mm-hmm. with a hundred percent degree of certainty where that meat comes from, what that process looks like, how to improve upon that process. I am very much against large scale factory farming. I don't like to see a bunch of animals in feedlots and you know chickens raised you know tromping over each other because it's too packed but hunting is like i mean hunting is the best i mean there's like zero percent uh you know carbon footprint greenhouse effect negative green i mean everything's just Mm -hmm. pristine and pure and like you need to hunt in order to manage those population herd size so if you don't hunt more animals will die and be malnourished than if you were to hunt so like the whole idea that hunting is bad for animals is so far removed from reality that it's just total ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you said it, you're, you said pure and that's exactly what I was thinking. It is literally like the purest form of, of, of action that you can do for human life and plant and our planet. Like, and I, I 110% believe that. And, and obviously not every, everyone agrees with that, but, um, there there's the science and the studies and there's so much behind it. And I, I, we won't get into all of that either. Um, but, um, I definitely, it, I definitely believe in every aspect of it. Um, and just like you said, if you're not doing that, the things that we see happen, like the herds get bigger, it it affects everything and it it affects farming and, you know, and yeah. So it, it just affects all aspects of, of, you know, our life as far as the things we eat, the air we breathe, everything. Um, so I, I believe in the positive effects of hunting 110%. Do you feel like, I don't honestly know too many female hunters. I feel like, I mean, I think 
both male and female obviously should partake in the sport of hunting, but do you feel like there's a particular, uh, you know, hurdle or roadblock or obstacle that's preventing a lot larger scale the female population to, to get involved? Um, that's a good question. So what's funny is I'm actually sitting in my car. I'm as soon as we're off this call, I'm going to walk out to my stand. Um, so, uh, but I guess, so I, whenever I first started hunting, it was, uh, off, uh, Tiffany and Lee, right? So that's who I always watched, um, growing, you know, as I started to learn about hunting aside from her and like a couple of the others that I see on, you know, on, um, the hunting channel and things like that, I don't know a whole lot of people who women who are as avid hunters as men. Um, I don't think there's any road. I, I think your only hurdle that you would have is, is yourself in the aspect because women have the exact same ability to, to go out and get in a stand or go out and get in a blind or whatever they want to do. Um, it's you're your own, you're your own limitations there. I believe, I don't think that society has any type of limitations whenever it comes to female hunters. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, look at predators out in the wild, I mean, the, the females are often the ones doing the, the majority of the hunting. You know, like you look at a lion, that's the female lions the, mm-hmm. that are doing all the hunting. So mm-hmm. we've got it all backwards. What's yeah. going on here? Crystal should be out in the woods yeah, right now, not me. <laughs> Hey, she said she's going to go bow hunting this year, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I, I've got this nice little spot all fixed up. I've never used a uh, – this, this is my first year bow hunting, so this is all new for me there in that regard. Uh, so I'm okay. super excited about that. But this is the first year I've, yeah. I've got like a, a feeder set up. I've got game cameras. Like I'm actually trying to track and pattern the population and, yeah. and understand what is out there on our property. And I'm going to try and get yeah. it set up so that she would be able to get a, a good shot on one. And, yeah, I think I think it would be awesome to get her involved with it. Yeah, that's fun. And it's fun to like be able to do that with your spouse too. So, you know, even if she decides she doesn't want to hunt all the time, it's still fun to go out and sit, like sit in some double sets together and do those types of things together. I believe like that's one of the, like one of the most things, the funnest things that my husband and I get to do together is just go out and sit and, and hunt together. And he hangs double sets so we can sit together and do all those things. So we really enjoy it. Yeah. And if you, if you are fortunate enough to, to bag a deer or whatever you're hunting, the, the food quality yeah. that comes with that is just so far above and superior to anything you could buy in a store. I mean, it's just next level. Like this this past week, I killed a turkey, my first turkey, and the, the taste of that turkey was unlike anything. Yeah, it was unlike anything I'd ever had before. We, we cooked the heart and the liver the same day I killed it, and Danny was eating that liver, and he was like, this is literally the best liver I've ever had in my entire life, and Danny's eating a lot of liver, so I, I would take his, his word as gold on that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, there's, there's nothing but like Turkey is one of my favorite things to eat from the, from, you know, the wild. And every year it's like, as soon as we kill one, I'm having my husband cook up the breast and all that for us. Cause we, we love all of it, but it's one until you, until you try it, you don't understand, but there's just a total different quality and taste to everything. Yeah, totally. Totally. Where, where are you located? Brent? I didn't even ask that. Uh, I'm located, I live in Boonville, Missouri. So right, uh, central Missouri, right near Columbia. So you're just north of us then. So you're central time then still, right? Yep. Yep. I'm actually headed, uh, to Arkansas this weekend though. Cause that's where I'm from. I'm from the uh, Northwest Arkansas, Southwest Missouri area. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Northwest Arkansas. If you're in yeah. Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I love it there. I love, I love ro- the Rogers area. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Beautiful country. Well, if you're central time, mm-hmm. you got about two and a half hours of good shooting light left is that about right 
Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, look, I'm gonna let you go. You go kill a deer. Um, best of luck. Where Where can people go to find out more about you? Uh, I. Do you know what that means? That means her audio just died. She must have been walking to her deer stand, lost internet reception, and we didn't catch the end. But I just pulled her up on Instagram. If you're interested in following Brenda, she is at Balancing Breland, B-R-E-L-A-N-D, on Instagram. Again, that's the at symbol, Balancing, B-A-L-A-N-C-I-N-G, Breland, B-R-E-L-A-N-D, on Instagram. And she's just awesome. She's got a lot of cool things going on in the space right now. I'm excited to see the content she's putting out. I'm hoping she gets a deer. So if you listen to this podcast, Brenda, know that I wished you luck on your hunt right now. And if you're interested, definitely go follow her, check her out, and see what she's putting out. So until next time, talk to you all later.